Hello, everybody. This is Marshall Poe. I'm the editor of the New Books Network. NBN listeners like to read books and buy them. So we thought we'd tell you that right now, our friends at Princeton University Press are having a remarkable site-wide sale. You can get 50% off books, including ebooks and audiobooks, with the code 50, F-I-F-T-Y, at checkout until May 31. You can save some real money on Princeton University Press books. I encourage you to go there and check it out. Welcome to the New Books Network. And we are live. And hello to Renee M. Latulipe. Yeah. C'est moi. And, c'est toi. Et c'est moi. And uh, for <laughs> once, I'm delighted to interview somebody from the Mediterranean. Uh, we can almost uh, lean across and, and touch each other. I mean, most of the people I interview, I would have to travel 10 or 12 hours or 14. Uh, you, I can just, you know, come to, I don't know, um, Tuscany and just rent a car and I'll be there in two hours. There I am. So in, in, <laughs> Come on in, over. Incredible to meet you. Uh, you have a, um, you know, your name goes before you, beside you and behind you. We're going to talk about your name. And um, I'm so honored to have you on the show. Uh, we're going to talk about your life, your career, your thoughts, uh, your unique combinations. Um, and especially we're going to talk about the Crab Ballet your recent book with Cameron Books, part of Abrams. <laughs> How incredible that you happen to have it on hand. I isn't that isn't that a coincidence? Huh? <laughs> Serendipitous, if there ever was. Yeah, synchronicity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, we're going to talk about your life and your name and your career. And uh, I have to remind everybody, because sometimes I forget, that my name is Mel Rosenberg, and I am the host of the Children's Literature Channel of the New Books Network. And that is why we're here. Renee, welcome to the interview. It's Thank all about you. So you. Much. I am I am really uh so pleased for the invitation and to meet you for the first time live. Your name also precedes you. Uh so I have definitely seen you around. I've seen your interviews. And um, so yeah, I'm so pleased uh to be here. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's funny, like you say to be here, but you're actually there. I- I'm so happy well, to be you know. there. Yeah. I'm I'm happy to be here on this computer world. Ah, okay. Absolutely. <laughs> so um enough of the niceties. Um yes. t- first of all, tell us where your name comes from. Uh, Renee M. La Tulipe. Yes, it's quite French, isn't it? It's Renee Marie La Tulipe. It's uh it's super duper French. Um I my I think both sides of my um grandparents maternal and or at least one of the maternal and both uh paternal grandparents came down from Canada I believe I tried to I've tried to piece this together uh you know on you know those um ancestry.com and everything and I can't get that far back unfortunately but it would seem that they've come down from Quebec so somebody somewhere was definitely French I have La Tulipe on my father's side and his mom was La Rochelle um, and on my mom's side, her mom was Jean-Therese Godet, you know, quite French. Uh, so yeah, there's this whole Frenchy thing, which I feel very akin to. I feel, um, I always felt very much that I was born, uh, in, on the wrong continent, you know, um, but my, my first name, Renee, is was just, um, you know, my my oldest sister was named because my mom always wanted a, a little girl named Debbie. And my older brother, Don, is named after my 
my father's brother and my younger brother is named after my mother's brother and my name was chosen off a list <laughs> so i'm named after no one i was almost jennifer um but here i am uh and i always said you know thanks mom and dad because I, I i like my frenchy name <laughs> so yeah that's where that comes from so you're you're almost you're almost a canadian i'm almost a canadian yeah I would French. think I would think for you, uh, oh Canada in French, <laughs> but uh, je ne souviens pas, je ne me souviens pas. <laughs> oh Canada, da, 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 da. les fleurs glorieux. You are a man so, of many talents. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking the Canadian anthem in French is not one of them, dear. Um, <laughs> show everybody your incredible book. Now I fell in love with this book. I'm going to have to come to it Italia and get a signed copy. Uh, this is a gorgeous book. Um, it, it combines what I love teaching people, which is thinking between the boxes. You have at least three boxes here. You have the box of the sea, which you love. You have the box of poetry, which you love. You have the box of children's books, which you love. And you have the box of ballet, which you love. You're yeah. a theater girl. We're never going to get into one interview. Start at the beginning. I was born. Where were you? Ah, no. Start with the book. Show us some of your gorgeous book. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Thank you. Okay, so what are we starting with? The book? Let's start with the book. It's your show. The Let's book. start with the book. All right, this book. All right, The Crab Ballet. Um, started as a poem that I wrote for the March Madness um, poetry contest run by Ed DiCaria uh, a few, quite a few years ago, like in 2015 or something like that. And I had to write a poem using the word iridescence. Like he, he assigned a word and we had to write, we had 36 hours to write a poem. It was a contest. And so um, I had six stanzas that came out, uh, which are fairly much intact in the book, in the final book. Um, but then of course, over the years, I expanded it um, uh, before submitting it, starting to submit it uh, through my agent. And yeah, and it just sort of went. So there was already ballet in the original poem. Um, yeah, I just pictured these crabs. You know, many years ago, I I was an exchange student in Brazil. I lived in Brazil for a year. And I remember being on the beach. And, you know, I, the first time I was, you know, I grew up in the country. So, I, I mean, I'm not a, a beach person. So there I am on the beach in Brazil. And... I see all these little holes, the waves go back and these all these little tiny holes, and these little crabs pop out and they go skittering sideways back and forth, right? And I was kind of freaked out. Yeah, exactly. They look like giant spiders to me. So I was kind of freaked out. I didn't really see the po poetry in it at the moment, but it always, that image always stuck with me. And I, and I, I have to thank those Brazilian crabs <laughs> who were skittering around all around my chair. And let's um, say thank you, muito obrigado, Brazilian crabs. Muito obrigado. Yes, I don't remember how to say crabs, but in, uh, in Portuguese, but thank you to the the Brazilian crabs. So I think that image is, you know, was the impetus. It has always stuck with me, and so this became about the crabs, and you know, because they're up on point, right? They're on point. <laughs> so there they are. They've they, all they need are little ballet shoes, and they're all set. Um, so yeah, and it just expanded to include more sea life, and. Um, more ballet terms about more 
I added more ballet terms as I went along. Uh, as you mentioned, I am a theater girl. Uh, I'm not a dancer at, at all. I'm just an admirer of all of the arts. And my little girl does ballet, and I'm I'm just tickled pink that she does. You know, something that I oh, would have done. Pink. Yes, <laughs> tickled pink, and um, yeah. So that's where the book came about. That was it. Um, oh, well, well, now now feed our our great curiosity and show us the spread and read uh, one of your beautiful poems. All right, talk, let's talk about this marvelous illustrator. Was oh, was also was also from Europe. Yes, she's French. She's French. Um, she, she's really French. She's she's she was no. Born she's in actually France. French. France French. Yeah, she's super French. Um, Cecile Metzger. Uh, check her out on Instagram too, because I just love her stuff. It's just, I mean, look at this cover. Look at it. Ah, you know, she does watercolors. Um, I started watercolors about three years ago. And I just fell in love with it. And so when I found out that they were going to do watercolors for the illustrations, which, of course, to me would be the only choice, obviously. Uh, and I was just absolutely thrilled when I got the um, the first look-see uh, at, at this whole thing. And, yeah, um, I mean, the detail. Renee, show us pictures. The detail that she has in every page is just amazing to me. All these little plans and the... And the color scheme and oh, and her crabs. Okay, I have to show you the crabs. My favorite page, right? It's all it's just a whole bunch of crabs in ballet positions. I love you it. Know? I just absolutely adore this. <laughs> I, I, I go through and I'm like, okay, first position, here's a tundu, here's a plie. <laughs> so cute. Um, and the little eyes, you know, that stick up there. I just adore them. And okay. I'm not going to show and, you the middle of the book because, no, because people who haven't read it, there's a little surprise in the middle. Um, here, I'll read this one. This is the beginning of Act Two. All right, we've got this whole page of ah, oh, okay. So, so, so we we're not allowed to tell everybody what's in the middle of the book. Oh well, did you want to? For sure. I thought I thought it was genius. Okay, well then we'll do it. I'll I'll read that. <laughs> no, because you said you talked about Act Two, and you know, yeah. right. All right, all right, well, well, I'll back up a little bit. All right, so the stars of the show are the crabs, right? And here they are all getting ready to, you know, go on stage. And then we go on stage. Um, I'm coming into the middle of this. So this is like near the end of act one. Padubure leaps in midair, landing soft as mermaid's hair. Dramatic fish dives finish low, then pointed feet sweep round a terre. Now claws aloft in fifth position, side chasse in repetition. Pirouettes, first fast, then slow. Cymbals crash, intermission. <laughs> yeah. Genius. Genius. Yeah. And I just love that, you know, they just allowed it to be just that. Because I was concerned, you know, as a writer, you're never quite sure what the, the publisher is going to end up doing. But I was just like, I just, I was just so happy that they... They stopped with this. And, and um, I did have a little suggestion that she have one creature there. And, and the creature is actually, this little crab is like, it looks like he's pulling up the, um, the sea as a curtain, you know, kind of looking out at the audience. I just think that's charming. So, yes. So they left my intermission as is, made me very happy. 
Um, oh, and the first one, it was just a tiny little word here. And I was like, no, let's intermission. So yeah. So, so you're a bit of a hands-on art director here. Uh, yes, I can be annoying. No, they asked. <laughs> they asked, okay? They asked. I said, okay, you're asking me how far, how many notes can I actually give? <laughs> you know? And I gave a lot of them. Um, yeah, I have a little bit of that as well in my, you know, sort of graphics and, and stuff like that in my background, um, through my work and whatever. So yeah, I do have, I have sort of cultivated a bit of a, an eye for that as well, but the illustrator, Cecile was so wonderful. Um, she sent, when she sent the, um, what do you call that? The first, the first, <laughs> I've lost the vocabulary. The first, uh, the first sketches or whatever it was, she sent them with her thought process for each one, so that wow. we could understand like what she was thinking, and it was just wonderful. I mean, she was just fabulous. So it was wonderful to be able to answer to that, and yeah, it was just a real great collaboration. Yeah, I got very. So lucky. Ce very Cecile, Cecile, if you're watching, écris à moi, s'il vous plaît. <laughs> we'll have or, to I, or I will we find will you. Or I will find you. That's it, it, you know, Renee, it's it's one of these books um that are that are gorgeous in, in, in many ways. Um and, and there's a couple of things we want to talk about. You are a believer, um, well, because you know it, it's okay to write poetry and it's okay to write rhyme. Um, if you get it right, most people don't. Um, and you're running against the tide here. But if I'm not mistaken, you are um, an evangelist for um, loving poetry enough to have it affect the lyricism or the lyricalism or whatever of your prose when you write prose. And I want to get back to that. Uh, but first, let's talk. Let's talk about your life. All right. Uh, I, I, th I thought you were born on the sea. I was not. I was born. I was. I'm from a little tiny town uh, in upstate New York called Salem. One traffic light, two thousand people, eight thousand cows. That's it. That's all there was. Um, I had to drive forty five minutes to go see a movie. You know, I mean, we're talking dairy country, full on country, rural. Um, I mean, I lived in, in town, so you know, I was a townie uh, with the one traffic light, but. Yeah, so that's where I grew up. Uh, I grew up in the same house my dad grew up in. My wow. parents met there. They got married there. Um, yeah, a lot of family history in that area. So um, I do have some nostalgia. Uh, of course, you know, there comes a time when you kind of have to move on. There's not a lot of opportunity there. And, um, and it, I, you know, just it, it never felt really like my place, you know, some place that I could stay forever and ever. But I'm I'm grateful to have grown up in the country because I think did did, I did, think, you uh, have, did did you have cows in your life? Did no, you I had no farm? cows in my life. I did not. I did not. We lived in town. Um, so because I have uh, this image, I have this image um, of of, and it's not going to leave my head for the rest of this conversation. I apologize. Of uh, your next book being cows doing ballet. No, I have no plans. I have no plans for that. Well, then, well, then we should sell that idea. Um, yeah, I'm sorry should, to disappoint. We should story uh, storm it because I think that a book about cows. <laughs> cows. Cow. I, think, uh, I, think, I think I might find some other occupation for the cows, some other okay. art. 
Pademu, Pademu. Okay, um, so <laughs> you, you you grew up in, in cow country, but you weren't a cowgirl. Yes. You weren't a cowgirl. When did you become a poetry and a showgirl? Um, showgirl, <laughs> like I was in Vegas. Um, I I I actually wrote my first poem when I was seven. I remember it very well. I was sitting in my dad's big, you know black vinyl recliner you know my parents were having a some had some friends over for cards and I wrote uh, my first poem called whale in the sea and I was so proud of myself I was just like oh oh so I you know I got up and I showed it to them and they're like oh you know great job great job and la la and that was that was the beginning I just kept writing and I had notebooks and notebooks and notebooks and notebooks full all through from um seven years old all through high school uh, and then uh, I took a year off to be an exchange student, but then I went to um, college and uh, I stopped writing poetry for 20 years. I, it, the, the life was sucked out of it for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just, it, you know, I wrote a lot of free verse in high school. Free verse is my first love. I love free verse. Mm. And I think that's probably where my lyric, uh, my love of lyrical language comes from. It's not from rhyme. It's from actual, uh, it's from free verse and using poetic techniques in free verse. And, and I got to college and I realized, oh my goodness, I'm really bad at this. <laughs> I'm just really, really bad at this. If you read anything from high school, which I hope no one ever does, you know, it's all this angsty stuff, lots of dead roses, you know, all that kind of thing. Um, it's, you know, I'll read like um, Sylvia Plath's Juvenilia and it's like, that's juvenilia. How do you say it? Juvenilia, juvenilia, juvenilia. I'm like, that's that's what you wrote when you were 18. I'm like, okay, well, I'm just gonna go crawl in my hole now because that's embarrassing, right? I mean, it's just like this amazing stuff. Um, yeah, that wasn't me. So, you know, and I had a professor who just sort of just, you know, he encouraged me, but at the same time, um, there was just something about all that analysis and all of his weirdness, like his particular weirdness, that it just I just got turned off from poetry and I just stopped writing for 20 years. And it wasn't until um, I discovered the kid lit world. No, that's Hold not on. true. Well, 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 not we're, true. At, we're getting ahead of ourselves. What, yes. what, what college? What did you major in? Oh, oh gosh. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> That's a, that's a that's a twisted tale. Um, I went to a college I didn't want to go to. I went to uh, SUNY Plattsburgh for three years, and uh, I did not like it. Because um, when I was in high school, I applied to only one college because I wanted to study French, actually. Yeah, I wanted to be an interpreter. And so I applied to one college, and I got in. And then I took a year off to go to Brazil. And while I was there, things happened, and I ended up not being able to go to Nazareth. Uh, College of Rochester, which is where I was going to go. I was all set. I was going to live in the French house, you know, with all the French students. And I was so excited and that didn't work out. So I ended up going to this place and um, I was an English major and then I, and I didn't like that. And so I became a theater major and I loved that. Um, but after three years, I quit. I had a wonderful mentor while I was there, a wonderful English gentleman named Mr. Salmon. Um, he was a, a visiting professor and, you know, we would go to lunch and we would chat and I, and he's like, you, he's, he's a darling, <laughs> darling, I have no idea what you're doing here. Why don't you leave this two bit town <laughs> and go do something else? Um, 
he was against my love of musical theater. You know, he's like, you need to go write the next American, you know, great American novel. I'm like, really? Oh, okay. Well, but anyways, I did take his advice. I quit college and I moved to New York. So that's how that happened. And I finished my college career at Marymount Manhattan College, which I adored, uh, um, with a BFA in act in acting and directing. So I just kind wow. of switched. Yeah. So I had kind of a long college career, a good five years with some. Because I'm 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 a lover of uh, of classic uh, uh, musicals. So what? Uh, just give mm. me one or two or three of your favorite classic musicals. Well, I I also love some classic musicals. I Guys and Dolls is right up there. I absolutely love Guys and Dolls. Always have. Um, some of the classics I, I don't it. like at all. I got a horse right here. His name is Paul Revere. It's Paul Revere, and the weather's out if the weather's yeah, clear. clear. Can do, can do, can do. <laughs> this guy it says the horse. Says can the horse do. can do. You haven't seen. I I always wanted to be Adelaide. You know. <laughs> oh, Adelaide, Adelaide. Adelaide's lament has got to be like the best. It the says best. here. It says here. It says here. And also, you know, because I grew up near Saratoga. So the the they changed the the line to to be Saratoga instead of whatever it was in the in the original, you know. And they get off at Saratoga for the fourteenth time. That one, you know, when she's complaining a poison, about a poison can develop a poison like, can develop grip. a cold, la grip, la grip. Yes. So uh, we, we can, we can, next time we're on, we're going to do guys and dolls. You, you we're and just going to do. We're just going to do show tunes. You'll have to invite Elizabeth Law, though. So. <laughs> I, she's been on the show about three times. I got no. Well, trouble there you go. That. You got to do some more. Although her knowledge of the theater goes way beyond mine. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the classical. So that would be my favorite. Probably my favorite classic. Uh, classic musical theater. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, yeah. Say, I, I wish I could have Frank Lesser on the show. Yeah. Wow. What a guy. Well, how, able to write this, you know, the words and the music. Incredible. Um, well, we, we'll have another, we'll have another second. Well, that's, that's another story. That's another story. Yeah. I know. I just, not, not all our favorite ones, just guys and dolls. Just guys and dolls. Yeah. And then we can, we can talk about the other ones. Yeah. Like West Side Story and so on. Yeah, of course. Um, so um, show tunes. And then, um, and then what happened? You ended up in Europe. Uh, what happened? Oh, yes. So I was, I did uh, my BFA in theater. How, how did you fall in love with Kidlet? Yeah. Okay. Well, that happened while I was in Italy. Um, I did my BFA in theater. I had a little theater company in New York for a few years with a, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, tiny, like little tiny, you know, like 8 million little tiny theater companies that are like, uh, that, you know, that's, don't that's incredible. That's incredible. Well, not really. I mean, we just well, did a few, you know, shows and I directed and whatever. I love directing. That was my thing. Um, I, I, I'm sure you did. But what was the name of the yeah. company? What was the name of the company? Oh, it was called the Sun Ensemble. I started it with um, a friend of mine from college and we did a few shows. He was an actor. That's was incredible. Director. That's incredible. I mean, Mel. Yeah. You know, little tiny theater companies in New York are a dime a dozen, and that's pretty much how much money we made too. So, you know. But anyways, um, after a few years, I realized uh, this theater thing, I don't have enough passion to really follow it. Uh, I love it. It's in my blood, but it's just, and so I went back to NYU and got my MA in English education and became an English teacher. Um, I did that for a couple of years in New York. And then 
in the summer of 2001, um, I said, you know what, I'm going to go to Italy with some some friends because I want to see the Palio in Siena, you know, the horse race in Siena. And so we did. And while I was there, I thought, you know, I can't come to Italy and not put my my toes in the Mediterranean. So I went to the bus station. Uh, I didn't, I spoke just a little, I, I always like to study the language a little bit before I go to a country, uh, but I didn't know a lot, but I knew enough, you know, to get around. Um, so I go to the bus station. I said, I just send me to the sea. I had no idea where to go. So I just said to the, the ticket guy, send me to the sea. And he was like, okay. And he gave me a ticket. Uh, and I got on the bus and I ended up at the sea and it was this gorgeous medieval town, gorgeous, gorgeous with a castle up on the hill and the sea and all, and it was wonderful, but I didn't know how this, how things worked in Italy here. They have all the, um, the stabilimenti, you know, with the, the, the umbrellas on the beach and you have to like pay to get the umbrella. Um, so I kept going from one to the next and, and then the, the, the lifeguards were like, no, no, this one's for the, for the hotel. If you're not a guest, keep going down, you'll find one. So I kept going down. The last one with the umbrellas was open for any, for everybody. I, I, I staked my claim on an umbrella, went to the bar to get a cappuccino, an iced cappuccino, which of course in Italy, they don't know what the hell that is. Um, and the barman is now my husband. <laughs> So long story short, um, yeah, that was the end of that. So I um, went back to New York and it was September, um, 2000, uh, uh, September 11, right? Um, it was that 2001 and I, I was teaching and September 11 happened and he called me from Italy and, you know, I was walking home across the Triborough Bridge and, um, he just decided, you know, what, I'm going to come there. So he came and we, I, I, I quit my teaching job. We did a coast to coast uh, road trip and then I moved to Italy and that was it. So yeah, between meeting him in July and, and, and moving here in January. Yeah. Six month kind of whirlwind thing. And I've been here ever since. <laughs> so, it, well, that's how that happened. In, in the same town or you move towns in Italy. Hmm. Yeah, pretty much this area, pretty much this area. I mean, we moved here and there to, you know, but always in the same area. And, 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 and one and once a year, you go to the beach to the same bar where you met. It doesn't your... exist anymore. They tore it down. Uh, I know. Bummer. You, oh, you we went back. Over. Yeah, we went back to visit and there's not, there's nothing there. <laughs> it's like, oh, all right, well. So so you stayed in in Italia. Uh, yeah, and, and so uh, I had to find something to do for work, right? So um, there was this this thing called Elance, which was an online job, kind of like Upwork, you know, one of those things. And I just discovered it, and I started doing editing. Um, I was like, why didn't I ever do editing? I'm like, I've always done, you know, proofreading other people's papers at college and that kind of thing. Um, and it's something that I enjoy. And um, and I met a woman on there and did some work for her and. Um, I have been with them for 16 years. She's like my my main client. And it was through her, all about learning press, that I began to write for kids because um, they do all about reading and all about spelling, which are programs for homeschool, the homeschool market to teach kids how to read and spell. And she's like, why don't you do a collection of poems for our preschool program? I was like, all right. And so I wrote 40 poems. I was like, 
oh yeah, I used to write poetry. I totally forgot. And that's the first time I, I began writing poetry again. It was because of her. That was in 2010-ish, 2010. And and then and then I didn't even know that Kidlit existed at that time. I was like, people write for kids? Like that's a thing that you can do as a living. And I started my blog, my poetry blog, No Water River, and and boom. I met Lee Bennett Hopkins and I met J. Patrick Lewis through my blog and I interviewed people much like you. Um, and I just got to know all these wonderful poets. And 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 this new career was born. Yeah, it's kind of weird actually. How it all kind of kind of worked out you know it's a wonderful story um the that we take it's, and the it's ones that a, we don't right exactly um so um so let's talk a bit about lyrical writing mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't want to get too much into poetry uh, we can get into a little bit I, uh, let me ask you about about your poetry um is this your innate ability uh in terms of rhyme and meter uh, is it something you 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 learn? I'm of the opinion that um, you can't really learn meter and rhyme if you don't have a natural gift for it. It's like being a musician. Um, am I right or wrong, Renee? I hope you answer the question. Are you thinking about it? You're not moving on me. Oy vey. Um Well, hi everybody. Um, Are you? Can you hear me? Now I can hear. Are oh, you back? You're back. Are you back? We're, no, oh, no, okay. you're, you're, and, and you're back. We were, we were both gone for a second. Yeah, you were I, gone too. You were, you were like, <laughs> and you were like, <laughs> okay, now you're gone again. I was thinking. Wait a minute, you're not frozen. Oh no. No, we're out now. I'm not. Are you frozen? I can see you. Okay, no, I'm good. All right, it's going a little bit in and out. So if it happens again. You know, I'll just keep talking until I come back. <laughs> okay. Hopefully, hopefully it's not my fault on this okay. side. No, I, I don't think it's your fault. I'm going to move this table a bit because maybe it'll give me a little bit of better internet. Okay. So, what I'm was the you. question? Oh, we were talking about um, whether I, it's... It, 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 is a rhyme and meter a yeah. gift or a uh, or something that you... Or a study? skill. Is it a, a gift or a skill? Yeah, but I want the answer in two sentences. Yeah, um, I, I think it's a little bit of both, honestly. With me, it's innate. I don't, I just naturally have meter. It has never, I never learned it. I just know it. Um, and it's just rhythm. It's just like an innate rhythm that that some people have and they can hear it and they, they see it. And then there are other people who really just can't even hear stressed beats and words. Uh, I do think it can be learned, which is, I teach it, right? I do think it can be learned a certain extent um i have had students who really cannot pick it up and that's okay because it's not a necessary skill to write for children you know but i want to write in rhymes and i always ask why you know why because it's not necessary free verse is a gorgeous thing i uh, i prefer it to rhyme like that my first book is a rhyming book is funny to me because it's the only one i've ever written i write in free verse i write free verse picture books and and uh, verse novel you know and yeah so i do think it can be learned to an extent if you already have um something some rhythm in you um and then if it really isn't something that you can learn then don't worry about it you know, because there's so many poetic techniques that you can use that have nothing to do with rhyme that are going to make your writing poetic regardless, regardless. 
So, yeah, I do think it's a little but, reach. But, but you think that uh, we writers should have a some feel for the poetic line yes. to help us with our lyrical writing. Absolutely. Not just lyrical writing, any writing, because, you know, if you're reading a book, there's a rhythm in the book and it's a prose book. You could be reading Stephen King. There's a, there's a rhythm in there though. You know, there's a reason that this sentence has this many words in it because he, he felt it. You know, the writer feels that if I add that extra word, it's already too long. Like I can hear it. You know, if I'm writing something, I'm like, yeah, that just seems to be like kind of clunky or it's going on too long. You know, if it's clunky, it's probably my word choice. You know, I can do something to make it more interesting make it, you know, rhythm is just important in all writing. And we learn rhythm, you know, through studying poetry and music and all that other good stuff, not just poetry and music, dance, whatever, any art, honestly, I think can, can help you. But, um, I, 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 I believe that language is, is, is music. Um, and um, so in that, in that sense, you're right. Uh, the other thing that that um, touched me uh, in your story is is the theater. I think it was Ellen Johnston who wrote a few years ago uh, that a, a picture book is is theater, um, and and that is like one of the wonderful things in that intermission spread, like you showed where you have the curtain. You know, um, this is a theater for me. To you, you're the audience. Uh, yeah. Somebody is reading. It's like a reading. Um, so if you want to comment on that, I'd be happy. Uh whether it's like a theater, you mean yeah, to what extent? Book? To what extent a picture book is theater? It certainly is in your ballet. Well, it is in my ballet because I mean they're putting on a performance, so it's literally a theatrical performance. No, but, no, but would you say that the same way you teach people to have this lyrical sense mm -hmm. that derives from poetry when they're writing a picture book? Um, well, maybe they should also have a theatrical sense. Well, I think we do need a theatrical sense. I'm always telling my students to add some drama. Um, and it's as simple as using punctuation to add drama in a poem, like a famous dash, you know, Emily Dickinson, you know, didn't use it for nothing. <laughs> it's drama. Um, so I'm always saying, you know, you need to add some drama here. So yes, I've, I mean, I approach things, you know, becoming from a theater standpoint, I do approach things in, in like, just kind of naturally in acts, like, Here's here's my opening act and or my opening scene, let's say more in scenes, I guess it would be for a picture book. Um, here's my opening scene. All right, I've introduced these these people. Here's my next scene, but where is my build? You know, where where's that conflict? Where's that build? Um, and then you have, in this case, it's an intermission, but normally you would have you know, the, the climax, which would not be an, inter an intermission is kind of the anti-climax, isn't it? You know, it's like, oh, well, now I'm not going to do anything. So that was kind of a switch in my book. Um, whereas, you know, you would want to have the climax, the climax, and this one is nothing. <laughs> you know, it's like nothing. There's nothing there. Um, and then, I, I, of course, I, you, have the, you have the denouement, right? Yeah. One of my favorite words, denouement. Um, <laughs> uh you know, where it's got to come down and you have your closing scene, you know, your resolution. So, yes, I mean, I mean, a story structure is the same as a play structure, practically, you know, so that is like a theater production. Yes. I mean, my next my theater collection. But, 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 but I, I'm going to see you and raise you because. You mean uh, raise yeah, because picture books are, are theater in the sense 
that somebody is reading the story to you. Oh, okay. Maybe I didn't get this question quite. This is true. I didn't phrase it properly. So when I when I saw what you did in that book, I'm saying, oh, you know, we all have to be more theatrical in our in our writing. Maybe not to the extent of Act One and intermission in Act Two, right? Uh, but to keep this in mind that this is a play in the sense that a parent or a grandparent or a teacher or a librarian is oh, actually going to be read aloud. It, okay, you're talking it, it, about because it has to be read aloud. Well, it's it's like you, you know you're putting on the book. You are putting on a book. Absolutely, I love reading books aloud. <laughs> you know, I read everything. I like. I just love reading aloud. Um, but yes, there's nothing worse than a flat reading. So, you know, if your writing, it, you know, is, is theatrical and poetic, poetic, theatrical, dramatic, let's put, let's say dramatic, you know, that's going to make it a lot easier for, for the reader to really get into it. But, you know, I think that the onus here is also on the reader, you know, not everybody has a theater background and can do all the voices and, you know, I mean, uh yeah the reader has has the job of bringing that book to life i mean the writer can only do so much you know it's words on a page but the reader renee um, i i i love the collaborator when, when i get very lucky then i have an interview with somebody like you and we talk about something that i've never talked about <laughs> never really thought about um and so i i i'd like you to think of a picture book that you love that because what I'm thinking is, if you are a parent, right, who has a th theatrical bent, mm -hmm. right, then, mm -hmm. yeah, you, you're going to put on the play when you read it for the child. Yeah. But what if, what if you're not? That, then you need the author to go that extra kilometer and to make it easy for you to be the actor. Well, you know, I would, I would posit <laughs> that if a book is published, the writer probably already did her job, Right. The drama's in there. The, the the elements are in there. If the book is published, well, I'm just going to assume that that's a good book. Okay, sometimes it's not. We all know that. We'll just, the elephant in the room. Okay, it happens. It's okay. Let's just forget about that small percentage. All right. I go to the books on my it's show. A good, it's, a good, it's a good thing you're not interviewing me today. That's all I can say. <laughs> okay. That's another conversation. <laughs> so I go to the books on my shelf. I pull off any old book. I open it up. I know it's been published. I bought it. So, you know, I obviously had a, an interest in it. It's well-written. That's why it's published. So I, I think that the writer's already done her job, Mel. I mean, you know, it's already done. Yes, if you, you do need to add those those things in there for the, the eventual reader. A picture book is a collaboration between, you know, the writer and the editor and the publisher and the re eventual reader, you know, because there's nothing no. worse. Than well, Renee, if look, someone's going to read my book, Turtle Spiral in Between, A Seahorse Pair Glides on the Scene. I mean, that's depressing. Um, you know, the reader needs to, <laughs> needs to step it up. I don't know how else to answer this question. I'm not, no, maybe I'm not. I, no, because I, I never asked it before and I never really thought about it enough. And that's, yeah. no, that's, that's why I love these interviews. Yeah. I feel like I'm babbling a little bit. No, but babble, <laughs> babble away because, because maybe what poetry does. Okay, <laughs> I, I, look, I, I'm going to, I've interviewed about 150 authors into uh, 
a um, editors, uh, agents, illustrators. Okay, there, there's, there isn't such a thing as a book that can't be improved. Okay, yes, I can, I can. Yeah, e even books that that are perfect can still be more than perfect. Yeah. Um, and I, 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 I'm, I'm not the person to to critique or or talk about that, except that you know, like at night when nobody's looking, I say, oh, you know, this, this page turn could work better. Yeah, um, yeah. But, I mean, but, but, yeah, but one of the, you know, there's so many things that that an author has to has to be aware of when they're writing. So I mean, there's 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 stuff in the crab ballet where I'm like, yeah, I think that could have been better. No, no, I, I think it's wonderful, but but uh, but there's so there's so many things, you know. Um, yeah. Throwing the ball up for the illustrator, um, and having the what you talk about the lyrical the lyrical line, yeah. um, and 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 Ellen is right. We 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 don't. Um, and even if we have a theater, you know, the, the theater in our in our minds, maybe sometimes we can make it more so. Yeah. You know, like if if you asked me now um, to think of a, a theatrical picture book, okay, yeah. where um, it, the the author makes it easy for the for the parent, um, so there's the book with no words, right, yeah. where the parent has to make a fool of himself, yeah. um, and there's and there's Robert Munch's books, Robert Munch, uh, uh, like um, uh, Mortimer, you know, thump 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 thump. You can't get that wrong. Yeah. Yeah, but um, my favorite my favorite read aloud is the classic uh, the Gruffalo. Um, oh, you just... give me you give me boost boost gumps. Your boost you gumps. Gave, <laughs> you just gave me boost gumps. <laughs> I mean, uh, I use it in my class. It's a classic. You know, I use a lot of you know con, you know things that more recently published things, but that is a staple that I will always use because for me it's perfection. It's a little bit of perfection. So, I don't so know my, my, how yeah. I would improve that. I don't know so how my, I would improve it. My my students who who aspire to be um to to use meter and rhyme but don't have the skill or don't have the innate ability say to me, "Oh, but uh, Julia Donaldson, she wrote the Gruffalo." And and um I don't know if you're going to believe this, but I mean it's like your trip to Italy. Um I actually had coffee with Julia. Uh I just actually ran into her in a coffee house in Athens. Huh. And I didn't, this was my what are, the, life. what are the odds? What are the odds? Well, zero to a million. <laughs> okay. And it was, it was like, um, hi, I'm Mel. Hi, I'm Julia. Nice to meet you. Uh, uh, Costas over here told me that you, you write picture books. Um, I don't know if I've ever told this story uh, in, in public. And, um, and I say, um, well, what kind of books do you write, Julia? And she says, well, I guess I'm best known for a story called The Graffalo. And I'm like, oh, no, my God, you're Julia Donaldson. And she says, yeah. I say, no, no, you're not Julia Donaldson. This cannot be happening. But, but, it, but it was. And, and one of the remarkable things about Julia, other than she's wonderful, nice, and, you know, I spent a wonderful hour with her. Um, so thank you, God, if, if you're up there, um, is that she, she, wrote, she wrote songs for the BBC. Her first book was a song turned into a, a picture book. So I, I, I came out of that. Oh, okay. So I tell my students, if you're not a songwriter, if you're not a poet, don't don't get into this. I mean, yeah. who is Julia Donaldson? There's only one like her. Sorry, yeah. you got me off on this tangent. No, that was very interesting. I mean, just 
kind of an amazing little moment that you had there in Athens of all, you know, just. So I, I, I think Graffalo is, is, is yeah. terrific. Um, well, I mean, that so, is like one of the most theatrical books ever. I mean, at me as a parent, I mean, I, I have a voice for every character. Um, there's the rhythm of it. And it's, I love doing those voices and, you know, it's just, oh, it just, it's in my bones now. I mean, I have three kids and I've read that thing 8 million times. Um, and the, also the Italian translation of it, I got against my will because I'm not, I'm like, oh, the translator was just, just incredible. It's, it's like, it's like a mirror image, but in another language. I do not know how she did it. It just blows my mind, blows my mind. So, yeah. Um, so that one to me is a, a great example of perfect, per perfect, perfect book and, and theatrical you know, you've got all those scenes well, built one on top of the other. But Renee, this is this is my this is my mind blowing take from this conversation. Maybe everybody else knows it, and they'll say, "Oh, you know, this is you know, you're trifling with something that everybody knows." But when you write something, the crab ballet, okay, when you write it in your wonderful meter and your rhyme and you're winking with the French, um, and you are essentially, when you are doing your job, and you're doing your job marvelously in this book, Renee, is you're making it easy for the parent to be a thespian, mm. a, th a theater person. And that maybe that's what Julia is doing so marvelously in the in, in the Gruffalo, is that yeah. she turns every mama and papa in the world yeah. into a into a theatrical figure. Yeah. I never thought of that. Well, neither have I. So this okay. is the first time I've thought of this too. So that's so, what so, so, so keep hence going. The I, babbling, I, hence the babbling. I, We're working I, it out. We're working it out, I, Mel. I need you in my life. Um, I'm going to come visit you in Italia. Um, Go so, ahead. So um, what other, you know, you, you, you've published all of these, uh, I, I don't, shall I call them trade educational books for children? Yeah. Um, using uh, using language and, and, and working within all kinds of frameworks to produce lovely books. Um you have this gorgeous book out. You have a book of poems, like a middle grade level, I think, coming out with Charles Bridge uh, yeah. next year. Yeah, which is also uh, theater themed. Yeah, lime limelight. Okay. I, I, no, I mean, and that is another show. It's another show. It goes from it goes from audition process to the the final curtain. Yeah, it's a whole show. Yeah, I'm gonna have to do some revising now of my stories after this uh, conversation. Yeah. Um, wow. <laughs> Uh, so what other what other advice do you have? Um, a, a sentence on your on your program for lyrical uh, lyrical literature lyrical lovely, language lab lovely uh, language alliteration lab. <laughs> yes, the lyrical language lab. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's just my online course. Uh, twenty twenty four is my ten year anniversary. So shout out to lyrical language lab. It's still going strong so that's nice um it's just you know it's a language level course which is what okay. i love it's not it's not about teaching people how to uh write a picture book because i'm not that okay. i'm not that person i'm not the person to teach anybody how to write a picture book because i find I, I, them very, very very difficult i, I I'm think not, they're I'm, I, I'm i'm not sure anybody can teach you how to write a picture yeah book. i mean it's, um, it's like really i mean I'm, I'm talking plot you know i'm a poet so plot I'm plot challenged, which is why I love poem picture books. I just love them. That's my favorite thing in the whole world. Okay, and then um, you, you you have peek and seek, <laughs> peek and critique. 
Okay. <laughs> peek and sneak. Although peek and sneak, that might be another skill altogether. I don't know. Uh, peek and critique. Yeah, my that's my YouTube channel, which is free. Uh, lessons and revision uh, for everybody. I give lessons on the meters. I still have to do dactyl meter. I hope in 2024, I can get back um, to doing it. Um, you know, and that's where I take uh, people submit stuff and I just look at it on the spot online and I just, um, I critique it right, right there on video. Done. I mean, these people are super brave. I have to say thank you to all the people who have ever sent me stuff and says, yeah, go ahead and put it online for the entire world to see. Uh, super brave and, you know, just wonderful um, that they do this and they they put themselves out there. And yeah, and so people can go and learn a lot on there for free. And I, I really want to keep that going because, you know, people, people, I think really crave, you know, they, they, people who want to write and rhyme can be, you know, feel very lost. I think, you know, like, I don't understand. I don't understand. Um, and it's like, it is understandable and it can be learned. So yeah. So that would be my first stop for people. YouTube. Wonderful. So um, I think it's wonderful that you've reached this very high level of international acclaim. Uh, you have, <laughs> you have, you have poetry, and all, you have poetry in all kinds of books. No, I mean, you are, you are an industry name now. Um, okay. Let's let, let's now uh, we, we have to start closing. Yes. And we're going to throw everybody away and have our our little after party. Tete tete. And what other pieces of advice do you have for aspiring picture writers? Picture writers. Picture book writers. Book writers. That is a hard question, Mel, because like I said, I, I have a hard time writing picture books myself. Um, I, I I think my my <laughs> my best advice isn't so much about writing as it is about revising um, and who you're surrounding yourself with when you revise. Uh, you know, this is the major piece of advice I ever give anybody on anything, whether they're writing picture books or poetry or whatever else is, you know, you get it down on paper. Okay. We all know that just bleh, right. Get it down there. And then the, the real work is in revision as we all know. Um, but it's not just that it's, it's like, I cannot work in a, in a void. Like I need, you know, critique groups and, and things like that. Um, and my main major major advice is always to surround your with yourself with people who are better than you. Um and and that you know might sound a little weird like well what do you mean better than me? It's like no no you know you're not going to learn. You need to surround make sure you you have people around you who can give you feedback who are at your le level or higher better. Um and and th because they're going to challenge you. You know, they're going to make you, they're going to make you better. They're going to make you strive to, to get where they are. Um, and, and, you know, I have a wonderful critique group and they've published a lot more than I have. And I'm just, I look and I'm like, well, what did you do? You know, and, and, you know, and that helps me get up there, you know, but at the same time, extend a hand, you know, to the, to other people who are not where you are yet. Because in doing so, in teaching, you learn better your own craft. 
you know? And so you kind of have to have a hand in, in both, in both fields here. Right. But for me, it's surround yourself with people who are just going to challenge you to be, and to write your best because it's very easy. At least for me, I'm a little bit of a lazy writer to be like, yeah, that's good enough. Yeah, but it's not good enough. Nothing. It should never be good enough. If you're saying it's good enough, it's not good enough. It just, it just isn't. So you got to get somebody who's going to challenge you to be better. And that honestly is like, I can't, I would not have any other advice, honestly, like, oh, well, you should, you know, do your plot like this. I have no idea. No idea. I just know that in the revision process, get somebody who's going to challenge you to go as far as you possibly can. You know, this is this is great advice. Um, what, what I'm inferring, uh, and I never thought of this, is that we are like a human chain, the, this writer group. Yeah. And what you say, it's like, like it's like. You know, we're climbing a mountain together and it's slippery. Um, and, and we know that less than a thousand manuscripts ever gets published. And um, it's depressing and we get rejected hundreds of times. And 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 what you're saying is so beautiful. We're like we're like a human chain. Yeah. And yeah. and it, it's important to help move people along. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and uh, it's a it's it's beneficial on both sides though, you know. Yeah, I, I, love- I, I teaching because I learn more yeah well when I I didn't know that I I didn't know so much until I started teaching that was my big revelation I started teaching and said oh I I don't know can I say the the word shit on my own show it's your show yeah (laughs) I I I was at SCBWI in New York and I came back and I said to my wife I don't know shit I don't know shit. And and the moment you realize you don't know shit is when the shit happens. And 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 right. and, and then you, you can learn. Um and and um this has been a, a, a remarkably um teaching, illuminating interview for me, and I hope for so many people who are going to watch it, uh, and you're gonna share it. And uh, we're gonna leave everybody and come back. Um and I'm gonna thank you, Renee M. Latulip, uh, for this marvelous interview. Um, and um, congratulations on this marvelous book that really is completely Thanks. between box between between many boxes. Uh, the Crab Ballet, uh, published last year by Cameron Books, uh, Abrams, uh, wonderfully illustrated by Cecile Metzger, and we'll reach out Cecile to her. Metzger. Oh, later in the year, I might be doing a webinar on how I revised this. So we'll be all ears. Keep your eyes peeled. We'll keep our eyes and ears peeled. Because <laughs> again, revision is all everything. <laughs> it, well, so. it, 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 it's it's never ending. Um, uh, I, you know. Um, well, we'll save that for next time. Revisions will be our next. Well, that's a, yes, we have lots of things to talk about. Mel, this was great. I had so much fun. Thank you. Thank you for yeah. letting me babble. <laughs> it's all about babbling. I when I have an interviewee like you. I can't hear you now. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah. Can you hear me now? Okay. Yeah. All right. When 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 interviewees babble, I have the best time, and I think that the <laughs> interviews turn out the best. Well, let's hope so. <laughs> and, and and you're you're a, you're a born babbler. Thank you. Oh, that's the oh, high we praise. Still, we still have high guys. And, we still have guys and dolls. Okay, so everybody. <laughs> And bye-bye to the world. I'm Mel Rosenberg, the, uh, what am I, the host of the Children's Literature Channel of the New Books Network, Lucky Little Me, and I've been speaking with the wonderful Renee M. Latulipe. Renee, until we meet again. 
which is in one Au revoir. Minute. Au revoir, but we'll be back in a minute without the riffraff. Oh. Bye, bye, bye everybody. everybody. <laughs>